At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two, the numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubos, Link, A Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Did I leave anything out, Jeff? I don't think I did. iHeartRadio, they said it? Yeah, I did. It's Gil Alexander. It's Jeff Parlay. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Numbers Game. By the way, Jeff, uh, I don't know if this is morbid humor, but uh, Ann was just talking to me off air about uh, doing. Am I allowed to say what you're doing off on air, Ann? Ann's on Weight Watchers, everybody. I don't know if you know Ann. She might not be embarrassed by that. Anyway, uh, we're, we're, uh, I was saying how I lost five pounds real quickly after my dad's passing, but then gained probably two or three back because we do this beautiful tradition called Shiva, and we had this phenomenal Shiva spread of food. And uh, my best friend, Tommy, he's like pounding down the food and he's going to his next, he goes, this is the best Shiva spread I've ever had. Like he's been to like multiple deaths, apparently, and he's rating Shiva spreads. <laughs> and so my brother comes up to my plate, grabs a sandwich for mine, but takes off the top part. This little croissant, these little things. He takes off the top part because he's watching his weight, which is just ridiculous. Like the thing is two bites. And so Tommy, my best friend in the world, quips to my brother. He goes, hey, what are you, can't, you can't afford to have the bread? You're like, you're like 140 pounds. Like, have the bread. He ends up, my brother, who totally doesn't have a sense of humor and thought he was taking a shot at him instead of being complimentary, is like, I don't know, maybe you should stop eating the bread too. And uh, Tommy quips back to my brother. He goes, maybe I should kill you so we can get one of these other great Shiva spreads after this. Humor at Shiva. Sorry, guys. I had to share. <laughs> we got to laugh through the tears, man. Uh, how about some power rankings? You want to do that, Jeff? Let's do some power rankings. So now we decided we're going to go into the playoffs. We're going to power rank the 14 teams because this will give us some sense of where we stand on the 14 teams. And Jeff uh, was joking off air, hey, we have all the same 14 teams in, uh, which is good. So I found, before we get into these, Jeff, I found that doing the bottom of this was much clearer than doing the top. Did you find that to be the case as well? Oh, yeah. The uh, n- uh, 10 through 14 Seemed to be pretty easy on what I was doing. One through nine. Well, actually, two through nine, I should say. Two through nine, because yeah. they're all flawed, right? They're all flawed. So here, here were mine from bottom up, and this will give some sense of, and will sort of inform why I'm, I've bet what I've bet. 14 is the Eagles. Sorry, Eagles fans. Sorry. I just don't buy it. I, I did shortchange the Eagles yesterday. I, I said that they had not beaten a winning team because New Orleans won their last game. The Eagles have beaten one winning team. So, Philly's at 14. The Steelers are 13. Listen, I don't know how this team made the postseason. Chrissy Andrews with as good an explanation as any of the four phenomenal athletes on that defense, led by T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, and, of course, Minka Fitzpatrick. Don't even have Devin Bush, right? Whew. They're 13, though. 
But I think that's too many points against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders are 12. The Raiders never were in my top 10. Maybe one week this year they inched into the 10 or 9, but that would have been it. I don't think they were in my top 10 at any point. Maybe I'm thinking it was Jeff's that they got in uh, briefly, but the Raiders are at 12. The Cardinals are at 11. They're on the outside looking in. DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, I get it, have not been in the lineup. And so that's the one thing with the Cardinals. You just sort of have to file away. And I really do mean what I meant about that Monday night game this coming week. I don't want any part of that Cardinals-Rams game. And it is going to be a standalone on primetime action. We're going to be watching it live on air. So I'm not saying I'm not going to have anything by that game. But right now I have nothing. Would, it, would any outcome of that game surprise me? The answer is no. And by the way, the Rams are the one team. The only futures I made during the season— Famously, of course, the Titans to win it all, the Titans to win the AFC. Also, the Colts, by the way, to win it all, because it was 40-1. to That one's out. But the only one that I made pre-flop, pre-season, the only other futures bet I made at all, the Rams, which we'll get to momentarily. But the Cardinals are at 11. Patriots are at 10. The Bills are at 9. That's why I was surprised that that game was 4.5 and and not 3. That's why I'm betting the Patriots. I think that's kind of where they've been for me all year. The Bills just don't have a great resume. The Patriots, what if Mac Jones falls behind? Mac Jones only threw three passes, three forward passes in that first game. Two completed ones for 19 yards in that first game against the Bills. We could have similar weather. How will that play out on Saturday in Buffalo? Bengals are eight. Bengals have uh, kept a pretty good spot here in the bottom half of the uh, top ten for a little while now. They're absolutely uh, deserved to be, to be there. They're number eight. And here's where it gets funky, because I don't know where you put these teams in what order. But I got the Cowboys at 7. The Niners are the biggest risers at 6. I'm not as high on the Chiefs as anybody else seems to be. I've got the Chiefs at 5. I, I also think that right now with the Tyreek Hill injury, that that is huge. Travis Kelsey came up with a little hitch in his giddy-up at the end of that game against the Broncos on Saturday as well. But I don't think the Chiefs have beaten many teams. Their, their resume is just... They have beaten play. They have beaten winning teams. I think to a, to a tune of record. But if you look at it, it's all these teams like the you know teams on the on the cusp, like the Chargers and the Broncos. Broncos didn't have a winning record, but it's not really that impressive of a resume. If you just look at their win loss, it doesn't. It's not really telling. They haven't beaten the best teams in the NFL this year. The Rams are four, and I say this just because I brought them up with the Cardinals at eleven. I don't know that the Rams are great. I have a futures play on them to win the NFC from before the season. I hope they get there, but I have no faith in Sean McVay or Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford is another pick six away from killing their season. He's had four of them this year. Was the stat Aaron Rodgers had three in his whole career? Matthew Stafford has four this year, pick sixes. The Buccaneers are three. It's the Tom Brady uh, curve. I don't know where else to put them but three. And no surprise to anybody listening to this program. I've got the Titans at two. They have never left my top ten all year because we knew they didn't have their best players. Plural. Now they're at number two. All they need is two home game wins, and they're in the Super Bowl. And the Packers are at one, Jeff, because they should be number one. They've been number one for a long time. Yes, they're probably the uh, the diciest in terms of having two players and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, where if you lose one of them, they plummet on this list, and I do mean plummet, but they're number one until told otherwise. You, sir. 
I'll go top to bottom. Or actually, I'll go bottom to top because the bottom teams aren't really worth talking about. I have the two uh, the two Pennsylvania teams flipped. Okay. I think the Steelers are one of the worst playoff teams we've ever seen. Just that offense is terrible, even with the great defensive players they have. Gil, they had the second. Amazingly, they didn't even have the worst point differential of of, of a team of any of the teams in the playoffs. The Raiders had a worse point differential, but Pittsburgh just terrible all year. Philadelphia thirteen, they they're not beating anyone. The Raiders at twelve. Their defense, I just like a little bit more than Pittsburgh's defense. Uh, so uh, at least pass rush wise, I know Wad Wad just set the sack record, but as a whole, I like that unit uh, to create a little more havoc. And I also like their matchup more than I like Pittsburgh's matchup uh, against Kansas City. New England at eleven. I had New England out of my top ten last week. I'll keep them out. They did nothing this last week to show me anything different. I don't think Mac Jones is capable of winning three road playoff games at this point of his career. That's why they're at eleven. Cardinals at 10, they're really not a threat. They're just more talented than New England is. Then this is where this gets really, really complicated. I'm with you, man. Because I had a big problem with San Francisco and the Rams. Because the way the Rams have looked now, the last, even with the even with wins mixed in and a quality road win on a Monday night against Arizona mixed in, the Rams took advantage of two teams that just couldn't win games down the stretch against real teams in Baltimore and Minnesota. If Minnesota or Baltimore had any closing ability, the Rams are the seventh seed in the NFC. So I'm not really buying them. Stafford's a huge problem right now. The 49ers, they look, they play, they they are a scary team. I just don't love their matchup against Dallas this week. So San Francisco at eight, Buffalo at seven. They're bullies. They haven't really changed all year. I just needed someone at seven. And also, too. <laughs> and, you, and you couldn't they, put Washington in there, so you well, chose well, and Buffalo. Also too, I actually think Buffalo matches up relatively well with Kansas City. And that's the most likely second-round matchup, assuming that chalk holds with those two matchups. What's the comment somebody made? Patriots are built to beat Buffalo. Buffalo's built to beat Kansas City. Somebody said yeah, that. Yeah, so Buffalo matches up relatively well at Kansas City. I don't think they'd win a second time in Arrowhead this year, but I'd at least give them a chance. Dallas at six. Again, what offense are we getting from Dallas? We don't know. We don't know. If the elite offense from the beginning of the year shows up, they could, they could win the Super Bowl even with Mike McCarthy coaching their team. Cincinnati's number five. I love this offense, Gil. It's just a matter of will the lack of playoff experience hurt them. I also like their matchup a lot with Tennessee in the division. I was, I was about to say that means you're going to probably love the Bengals against yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to. I'll very happily bet Cincinnati in that game against Tennessee, assuming that the number isn't off from what I expect it to be. Titans at four. Look, you have to win two home games to make the Super Bowl. That's all you got to do. Does, it doesn't matter that I don't think they're really that good. But they have to win two home games, and Derrick Henry's coming back. Oh, of course, they're in the top they're four. They're good, bro. Kansas City, a small smidge in front of uh, in front of Tennessee. I just trust Mahomes more than I trust Tannehill. That is solely the reason that I put Kansas City in front. Tampa, too. Tom Brady obviously is great, but the lack of the lack of weapons they usually have can will probably rear its ugly head in this postseason. And Green Bay's one because Green Bay has home field. They're the one team that Chris still Chris Andrews still has with a full three point home field advantage. I have a hard time envisioning that they blow having the one seed back to back years with Aaron Rodgers. So Green Bay's at one. I just want to harken back to last playoffs again because those who had the Buccaneers, what a royal flush of Jedi mind trick. If I could mix metaphors there, it, it was just a the the no. First of all, the Jared Cook fumble in that game against the Saints. Like, I, I, I don't care what anybody tells me. That doesn't happen. The Saints win that football game. And then the game at Lambeau. 
the, 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 the touchdown at the end of the first half. Just so many gaffes by Matt LaFleur in that game. And you often need, you know, sometimes in, in modern day NFL, you need that. It's not like the 80s where a team was just so uber dominant. You kind of need that run these days. And the Bucks had it last year. But I don't for a minute think it was a dominant run. I think they could have lost not once but twice along the way. Uh, I get it. They crushed in the Super Bowl. But that showed Chiefs flaws more than anything. Who's, who's the biggest threat to the Packers in Lambeau, Joe? In the NFC. San Francisco, probably because the way they play. I but I so. could also see Green Bay beating them by three touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know if I can see that. I think San Francisco is the correct answer because I think most of the teams built to beat Green Bay are in the AFC. Like the Titans, like the Colts, may they rest in peace. Like the Browns, may they also rest in peace. Pete Futak, college football next. Numbers game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast. Get beating the book with me, Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, the Wide World of Wine Garden, and more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of the wide world of Weingarten, Jason Weingarten will be on the show tomorrow. And among other things, we'll tell his tale about having the Jaguars on the money line parlayed with the tie between the Chargers and the Raiders. 650 to 1 it would have paid for six, count them, six figures. We get tweets at beating the book. This is from... Uh, this is from Frog Metal. Uh, regarding Brian Flores, he's a very good coach, but not interested in developing Tua. Also, the fish went 0-7 when Flores was chasing Watson, Deshaun, that is, then went 8-1 after the owner quashed the trade rumors and committed to Tua. Frog Metal, I'm going to respectfully disagree with that being a factor, but it's interesting. Chris Hartman, Gil as the big dog of the uh, primetime action crew. Can you not decree that Matt's kicking wager must take place before the big game? Supposed to be 60-plus in Vegas this weekend. I'll be out and would love to witness. We have a little thing on primetime action. Matt Brown claims to be able to, I don't even remember the details, claims to be able to kick a field goal, will be able to kick a field goal with his off foot from like 25 yards and his real foot from 40. I can't do it. He's killing me. Rich Copper O'Gill, speaking as a man who gave the eulogy at my father's funeral, the on-air tribute to your father was excellent. Your father would be very proud. My sincerest condolences. Thank you to Rich. Thank you to everybody who, who has, has written such kind, kind tweets. I'm still trying to get back to all of them. 
Uh, this is from Doug Burkofer. What's the narrative if the Raiders gain two yards, the Chargers don't call a timeout, then the Raiders call a timeout with two seconds left and kick a field goal 54-yarder to win? Chargers were always going to have to call a timeout to force a punt. Doug, I don't know if they would always have to call a timeout, but I completely agree with you that people killing Staley over calling that timeout completely just fall into the category of, yeah, let's pile on Brandon Staley. I don't know what you do there. I don't know what you do there. I mean, yes, I do think you, you probably he probably didn't read the room right. And, and, and non-timeout there might have worked out better, but we don't know what Josh Jacobs was going to gain on the next play if he hadn't either. So I think, I just think there's too many, there's too many hypotheticals for people to be killing Brandon Staley in that last point. And then uh, this is from I heart emoji plus money emoji, money bag emoji. Hey Gil, good uh, good morning. As we ready to smash some tennis, will plays be posted or just shout it out on the show? Thank you, sir. Uh, Australian Open is what he's referring to. It starts on Sunday. We will have them on the show. And I'm guessing, Jeff, what do we do? We post those as well, don't we? Typically, in the newsletter, we will. Unless the matches are happening while the show's on, and therefore there's no point in posting them in the newsletter. So, obviously, with time zone differences, that'll be an issue. Let's bring in Pete Futak, ladies and gentlemen. He attended last night's college football championship at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. He joins us now from collegefootballnews.com. For the final time this year, Peter, how are you, sir? For the first time, I think in the last like twelve appearances with you, I actually have full bar signal. I don't have background noise happening. I don't have crazy things that should interrupt the the phone line or anything like this. It's kind of crazy. Also, the Matt Brown thing. Like, when was the last time you tried kicking a field goal? It's so hard. He he uh, he believes his athletic skills are uh, beyond reproach. So we're going to find out about that. By was the way, he Pete, a soccer player? I, I don't know. No, he was a baseball player. He was a pitcher, I believe. All right, yeah, we'll see. Good luck with that. <laughs> he uh, it's he, hard. It's very very hard to do. He wanted to pitch in the SEC, and I think Ricky Weeks tagged him once. I think that's the big story. So here here's the thing, uh, Pete. Uh, first of all, don't get too cocky about your connection because it does sound like you're Charlie Brown's mother to some degree here. So. The game last night, I said this at the beginning of uh, the show today, when we'll get to the results of this yet, uh, momentarily, but just from a, from a broad college football standpoint, right? So, like, Week 18 in the NFL was so great. All we cared about talking about yesterday was Week 18, maybe one of the greatest games, Game 272, between the Chargers and the Raiders. And yet we had this college football championship game last night, and I almost had to remind myself all day. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the college football championship between Alabama and Georgia. And I just want to ask you, like, as a college football guy, do you, do you accept some of the criticism of, you know what, I don't know that this game should be, like, on a Monday night after the NFL, 10 days after the semifinals. Maybe it just wasn't the most bettable game. Maybe it was because it was a rematch of a game we had just seen, even though it was the matchup. We say, I don't know what the factors were, but did you get some of that? Do you understand that criticism? Oh, a thousand percent. And I don't quite know why, how else you would do the timing of it. I am kind of with you on the idea of you lose momentum when you go from it. Because college football, especially if it, once they get their heads on straight and they do expand the playoffs, College football can own December when it comes to just the rapid-fire bowl games and the nonstop action of those, uh, however convoluted the bowl system or playoff things might be. At least there's games on all the time, and it's, it's a thing. 
and then it pretty much owns New Year's Day around there uh, with the Rose Bowl and its kind of tradition. I kind of think it's got to be closer to New Year's Day. Otherwise, you just lose interest for a, a large portion of the sporting world. And, and, and you're right. Part of, I, if you leave it to this long, you're, the, what was the talk yesterday? Look, I'm driving in Indianapolis from Chicago. They didn't mention the national championship once because of the firings of uh, uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And certainly, you know, the, the Black Mondays, so you have all the, the coaching changes in the NFL. You have the discussion of, of the great game, like you said, from the night before and uh, the playoffs. Stuff. The NFL just dominates the world. So while the college football world might have a niche and it was a great game, it just doesn't have it all to itself like it probably should. So I, I kind of think, to your point, I think you put it closer uh, to the uh, January 1st just to kind of keep the momentum going. But then you have to have those playoff games a little bit earlier, and I don't think there'd be any any problem with having like the, the semifinals, like, I don't know, December you know 18th or 20th or so. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. Great game, by the way. We were all entertained. Uh, looked like Bama was in full control really early. Like, oh, no, Stetson Bennett is a disaster. Oh, my God, Alabama's defense is destroying them. Alabama's offense having no problem matriculating the ball down the field. But they couldn't cash in touchdowns. And so it let Georgia hang around, and then the fourth quarter happened, and Georgia just rolled them. And Nick Saban said it himself uh, to Kirby Smart, you kicked our butts, didn't use butts, uh, in the fourth quarter. And uh, Georgia gets it done, their dream season complete, 33-18. to 18. And as we look to next year, I mean, this is the comedy part. Because I asked Jeff before the shot, go, are there college football futures for next year out now? Because Oh, God. Yes, so <laughs> exactly our reaction, which is, yes, they, they actually do exist, but... First of all, we know, besides the Alabama and Georgias and the Ohio States of the world, they're always going to be good. They're always going to get five stars and four stars with, with everything swirling around, right? Transfer portals, NIL, whatever's going on, they're always going to be great as long as Nick Saban is around at Alabama for sure. And those teams, those other teams are blue bloods. And I think we can now start to call Georgia maybe that as well. Clemson, a little different story now with Dabo losing his coordinators. But I ask you, beyond that, can you make any qualified projections about anything at this point with all of those moving parts? Yeah, Georgia's absolutely a blue blood. It's always been right there over the last uh, several years under Kirby Smart. They just don't have the trophies in the case until now. So you're right. Like, ask any average sports fan, hey, who's the, who are the best teams going into next year? Uh, yeah, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious because those guys all, always get the talent. But the debt, you're dead on right. Like, I keep getting asking every show, well, what's your projection for the top 25 next year? Like, I don't know. Well, first of all, you have to know all the schedules first. Yes. Because that's the big, because there's a monster early game that, you know, look, this year Clemson wasn't knocked out right away, but it kind of was. So there are some big games early on. And we don't have the full schedules for everybody, so we don't know yet. We don't know exactly everybody who's going off to the NFL. And like you said, the transfer portal. Tell me where Caleb Williams is, is landing. Right. And then let's start from there. Because if he goes to USC, and once the Pac-12 schedules are fully out and uh, we know everything, that, you know, the full thing that Lincoln Riley's got together, that's a team that actually had talent last year and it just all kind of fell apart. But the Pac-12 South's winnable, so with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, maybe uh, USC's 12-1. and one, it can get to, I mean, it, it, it's all going to be a carousel because then what's the other guys? How about Michigan, by the way? Is, is Harbaugh, I've heard from some of my Michigan insider alumni that he's about to sign with Michigan full on a full-on extension today. I've heard from others that he's all but gone to Chicago Bears. I mean, who knows what he's doing? But 
where's Harbaugh going? And then who's who's Michigan going to get? Who's going to take from someone else? There's a whole dominoes effect happening here. So long story short, you're probably okay assuming that, again, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and then one of those three teams versus the field probably. Real, real, uh, real maybe, quick, you know, Random SEC Texas. Yeah, real quick because yeah. we got to run. The Jackson Dart going into the transfer portal, like you're drawing the direct line to Caleb Williams. Like did somebody get in Jackson Dart's ear and say this is about to happen? Is that your assumption? Probably, or else, you know, all these guys are transferring right now. It looks like, you know, even the Washington State quarterback who sits right now just decided to transfer. These guys are just transferring left and right because it's free agent season on the quarterback. All right. One team. Oh, we got to start our walk-off music. Sorry, Pete. Got to go. Later. At Pete Futak, F-I-U-T-A-K on Twitter. Can't have guests with that uh, new Showtime at the Apollo walk-off music. Uh, We'll come back. Jeff and I will ask Megapod questions, the Beating the Book Megapod questions about this wild card weekend, the game you want no part of, the favorite most likely to lose outright. Coming up, Numbers Game Beast and the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight, also the host of Bet Center on the weekends, which he goes by uh, Jeff Parles. Again, very strange that he uses a different name. Don't know where he got Parles from. Uh, Jeff, uh, John Goulet was just saying uh, off camera, and I agree with him completely, that people, a lot of people were complaining about the first half of the college football game last night, 9-6. to six. Oh, this is terrible. No touchdowns are being scored. Just because there's no touchdowns being scored doesn't mean it's not entertaining football. I thought that first half was great. Bryce Young threw for over 200 yards in that first half. I had no problem with that whatsoever. Defense is part of football, too. And by the way, Will Anderson was just phenomenal. I enjoyed it tremendously. Well, no touchdowns in the first half is the main reason the under ended up getting home, which was the fine only with reason. Me. It's the only reason it got home. <laughs> you can't believe you still had to sweat that out. Ridiculous. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Uh, this is from uh, Stats Vax Observations. I thought the uh, Dr. Bob segments this year were exceptional. Winning picks, great insights, and fun banner between Bob and Gil. My biggest bummer this season was missing out on Dr. Bob's preseason win totals. We'll have Bob back for a college basketball. Bob went 11 and 0. On his preseason win totals in college football, 6-0 on this here show. Uh, this is from Cody, Lutz Cody 82 Gil, any time today on your show to talk about the Draymond Green underprops and uh, sportsbooks possibly not paying out might be a good topic with Crackman on Thursday as well. I think I will talk about it with Crackman on Thursday, but I will tell you that my stance is very clear on this. All the books should pay. They should pay. Draymond played. And so, you know, look, we have this, we have it action in, in other sports where if, if, Players play. It doesn't matter if they play for seven seconds or, you know, whatever the sport, one play, uh, get one serve in, whatever it is, it's action. And so I think the same rules should apply here, very, very simply. Uh, This is from uh, American Patriot. I have a great name for the uh, Washington football team. How about the Washington Pigskins? Man, it's very simple. 
but no. Uh, Chris Relko, FYI, Iga changed her coach this winter. Yeah, many coaching changes uh, in tennis, uh, Chris, as well. Phil Weiss, Drew Dinsick is my favorite expert prognosticator that you have on, Gil. He's informative, knowledgeable, and humble, unlike some of the others. Oh, and he's correct sometimes, uh, also unlike uh, some some others. How about some tennis picks? <laughs> Always with the tennis picks at the end. Uh, they're coming, man. They're coming. Don't worry. A uh, whole bunch of Brandon Staley stuff, uh, I, a lot of scenarios, I get it. Uh, Matt, Warrior013, your power rankings suggest that we pound the Rams on Monday. I know you don't like it much, but I think McVay will thoroughly outclass Kingsbury. Let's make some Rams money. Yeah, I don't know if I love that game. About to ask Jeff what's the game he wants no part of. Mark Geiger, last one here. Funny Shiva story. <laughs> Talked about my Shiva story earlier. He says, I uh, once went to one, very sudden death, and her second wife was not a member of the tribe. Her kids, poor widow was shattered, ordered every sort of uh, trafe imaginable on that tray. As Colonel Kurtz uh, said in Apocalypse Now, the horror, the horror, uh, LOL. I guess what he means is uh, food that Gentiles might like, but that perhaps members of the tribe do not. That's my interpretation. Jeff Parles is here, everybody. Jeff Parlay, as we call him. Uh, Jeff, so I'm going to ask you Megapod questions. You have been a guest on the Megapod. You were a Megapod guest one and a half times this year, Correct. Don't get the full two. Well, because Chris was with you. Chris was there. Yeah. So you actually are the first return guest this year. We thank you for that. So I'm going to ask you Megapod questions, our standard Megapod questions that apply to Wild Card Weekend. The last two questions, the first of which is, which is the game? Well, no, let's go with this one. Which is the favorites? And we only do big favorites during a normal week, but there's only six games. Let's just make it all the favorites here. But I'll take out the Cowboys. Okay, so we remove the Cowboys as three-point favorites because I think that's too easy of an answer. Most people, shortest spread, might say, I think the Cowboys are the team most likely to lose outright. But which of the other favorites, or the other five favorites, do you think is the one that is the most likely to lose outright? Even though I don't think it will happen, it is Buffalo against New England just because the weather looks like it's going to be, it's going to be icicles, basically. Maybe zero by the game, by the time the game ends. It all depends on what the wind ends up being. And if it ends up being a howling, windy day again, not as extreme as it was the first time, even if it is in the 20s, we've seen Josh Allen struggle and win this year, especially at home. And that would give New England something that they could take advantage of like they did the first go-around. I still think Buffalo wins the game, but that's the one I'd be most likely to see going out here. Hope I have a better understanding of swirling winds versus directional wind on this one if you know what I mean. I, I think that's probably it. I mean, I have the Patriots plus four and a half. I'm, I'm thinking that's it. As much as I like Pittsburgh plus the, plus the points, I don't expect the full-out upset, even though I do think there will be a flirtation beyond what most people expect. I don't think the Bucks are losing to the Eagles. <sighs> do you, I mean, Bengals to the Raiders? When you were going through that, did you think about it for a second? You're all in on the Bengals. You love the Bengals. I think the first off, the Raiders had the worst point differential of any team that made the playoffs this year. They won, they won multiple four overtime games, six games in walk off fashion. They lost at home to the Bears and the Washington Football Team. Is there, the, the way that they've overcome everything that's happened to that franchise this year? All right, it, it, you feel good if you're a Raider fan finally getting back to the postseason, but. This team really is not a threat to beat anyone, especially on the road. Not that I'm suggesting that the Chiefs will lose outright here, but it triggers the thought of you. You have an interesting Chiefs stat that you would like to share with everybody. Yes, I need to. Uh, I need to get the exact numbers right in front of me. But Gil, I've been, I, I've been at least having this thought privately for the last 
seven weeks from week 11 through the final week of the season that Kansas City's 15-play script to open the game has been as good as it's ever been with Andy Reid. They seem like they score on every opening drive, at least over the last seven weeks. And the numbers would back that up. In the first quarter, from week 11 through week 18, Kansas City is first in points per game, just a shade under 11 per game in the first quarter. First in yards by a pretty significant margin, 118 yards per first quarter since week 11. And it's six and a half yards a play in the first quarter since week 11. That's good for first as well. Since week 11, second quarter through fourth quarter, points per game, 19 and a half. That's good for 14th in mm. the league, about league average. 255 yards per game, quarters two through four. That's good for 17th. Yards per play, 5.6, 10th. So they have been the best team in the league in the first quarter they have dropped off since the first quarter, especially in being able to move the football. They are still scoring. They had the just something you noticed early on. Yeah, I I started to notice the Charger game, notwithstanding, but the game it really came out and was the Cincinnati game because they did sure. whatever they wanted early in that game and then and did nothing in the second half. So the question becomes: Do you feel like that's because that's a lovely stat, right? But do you feel like that's actionable betting information. So in other words, is there, do you feel confident enough in in those numbers to say to yourself, well, I'm either backing, I'm certainly not fading the Chiefs early, but maybe, maybe it does give me the thought of fading them if they look really good early. I feel like this is actually a thing with them and not just some random aberration. I'm going to flip it on you for this week. Pittsburgh has been horrible early in games this year. Horrible early in games. Unless if that first quarter number is completely out of control, which it could be, you could probably pretty much lay any number you want with Kansas City in the first quarter against Pittsburgh. That I would feel confident with. And then you'll have in-game opportunities to come back on the other side if you want. I'm just taking the 13. I don't want to parse it out anyway. fine. You know, Chrissy said something yesterday, which, um, which is – you know, I also think about with the uh, with the Steelers this year. The very first game of the season was that Steelers Bills game, where they hung around, then they blocked a punt, and all of a sudden they were beating the Steelers. And at the time, we were like, "Oh wow, that's pretty big." You know, Week One. What did we know in Week One? But we considered it an upset. And it was an upset, certainly by the by the spread. I just think about that game as sort of their brand, that they're just good enough to hang around defensively. Now, whether they do it against the Chiefs or not, we shall see. But if what you're saying is right, that ain't going to happen. Right? Early on, you're saying the Chiefs are good early, the Steelers are bad early. That would not happen in this game. And I guess what I'm saying is, if it does happen, if the Steelers are able to keep this close early, that's why I believe it will be mayhem late. I really do believe this game is going to spook out the Chiefs and, and people who are betting on the Chiefs much more than they're bargaining for. Look, look, if Pittsburgh plays them even early in the game, they have a chance to win. I don't think they'll play them early even in the game. Granted, Gill, the last time these teams met, the day after Christmas, Kansas City was up 14 nothing at the end of the yeah. first, 23 nothing at halftime. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like those are those are great stats retroactively, but is it bettable? Is it actionable? And You I, think the trend yeah. continues? Yeah, it is. If you yeah. think it continues. But that's what it is. It's, You're prognosticating. It's a, it's a trend, and I don't. I don't know that I. It's interesting, though. Certainly interesting, and good of you to uh, to think of it as well. Um, and maybe if the Steelers do hang, 
close early, it gives you that much more reason to think this is going to be a pretty interesting second half of football. Uh, Drew said earlier he's bummed that this is the prime, this is the primetime game on Sunday. It could very well end up that way, too. Would it shock anybody if the Chiefs won by four touchdowns? It would not. I'll uh, ask Jeff the other Megapod question, which is, which is the game you want no part of? Is there a tease involved this week? We'll get to all that next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Bet on more than the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay, an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account, create your best parlay before the game starts. New to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk free up to $1,000 with bonus code VSIN1000. Wow. You can place one game parlay bets on football, basketball, and more. Plus, you'll earn M Life rewards that you can redeem for room nights and dining at any MGM resort nationwide. Try one game parlay today. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Uh, we get tweets at Beating the Book. This is from uh, Brad. The NCAA football uh, game was advertising Katy Perry as a halftime performer. All it was was a stupid music video. He's very upset about that. JC underscore clips. Quote, it does sound like you're Charlie Brown's mother to some degree. Spits coffee everywhere. Happy New Year, Gil, man. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, yeah, I just thought Futek was getting cocky about his connection, and it just wasn't all that good. So we had to put him in this place. That's what we do with Pete. Um, one thing before we get to uh, the football, college and pro here, Jeff. Uh, I mentioned this off air, and I said I was going to say it on air. Um, you know how when a, a movie comes out, the actors in the movie do these promotional appearances. They sit in their two little chairs and like all these different interviewers from different media outlets come by and they ask and they ask them like stupid questions about their movie and stuff. Um, and they just have to sit there and go through a whole media day of this. You familiar with that, Jeff Parlay? You familiar with that? Jeff is nodding, by the way, everybody. Um, so, Jeff, you went to see Spider-Man. You liked it? Did you like Spider-Man? Very good movie. Really? Yeah, very good movie. Very good? Yeah. So my brain now at my age, I can't do fiction anymore. I can only do nonfiction. So, like, I used to like a movie like that 20 years ago. But I just want to say this. Those interviews that these actors do in my entire life have sucked. Like, I've never enjoyed watching them. Unless, like, Kevin Hart is doing it with, with The Rock and then it's funny. Zendaya and Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man, their interviews and these promotional tours are the cutest, most adorable, most entertaining things ever. Have you seen any of these? I could watch them all day. 
The two of them should just get a room already. Are they together in real life? Pretty sure they are. Oh, they're phenomenal. Got to watch them. It's my non-movie but movie interview recommendation on the show today. Thanks very much. Jeff, you like the movie, though. You give it a you, was thumbs very up. Good, yes. Okay. All right. How does it rank against the other Spider-Mans? Good? Uh, well, there's three different sets of them, but uh, of the current Tom Holland, the Tom Holland genre, it was the best of the three. All right. They're together for real in real life? I didn't know that. They're awesome. Love them. All right. So college football, last thing about the game last night. Two things. One, because we don't make enough about this. Stetson Bennett looked like garbage last night for three quarters. And it was 18 to 13. And then Alabama jumped off sides. And it's the old free play where all of a sudden you go from, I've been terrible all day long, but I just saw that dude jump off sides and that flag go up in the air. And so now with no compunction whatsoever, I can heave the ball downfield and it doesn't matter what happens. And it's a touchdown for Georgia. And I really think we don't make enough about those little things in both college and pro football games. The simple act sometimes of jumping off sides completely flipped that football game last night. Am I making too much of that? I think that was the biggest moment of that game last night for sure. And the other thing is I couldn't help but watch Bryce Young for the umpteenth time and think to myself, I would want him as the starting quarterback of the Washington football team today. Today. That's how unaffected he is by the moment, by the stage. That's how good that dude is to me. But, of course, we're not there yet. But that's how good I think Bryce Young is. A long line of Alabama, you know, Great running backs now, a long line of great receivers. Maybe we're getting to the point where we're going to see this with quarterbacks from Alabama as well. What a different Alabama this is from your mom and dad's Alabama. All right, so final questions now for the NFL wildcard weekend. Which is the game you, you want no part of? If I said to you, Jeff Parlay, I am forcing you to make a wager on every side of all six of these games. Wait, wait, wait. One you get a pass on. So five of the six. Which is the one you want no part of on the side? San Francisco and Dallas at the current number. But if it goes to three and a half. Still, it probably would be the answer. Oh, you got to take the hook. It, look, this is one of those where I have no idea what I'm getting out of Dallas. If Dallas, Dallas's wide receivers can take advantage of San Francisco's secondary, which is the one thing that San Francisco's defense is weak at. Their secondary is not that good. But Dallas has been so all over the place offensively since Dak's ankle injury or, or calf injury that I, I, they're unreliable. And San Francisco, again, it, I, Garoppolo on the road in the playoffs kind of scares me, and I don't anticipate the Niners having a road home field advantage like they did last week again. Will he be Jimmy J or will he be James Garoppolo is what you're saying? We don't know. I would say Rams-Cardinals for me. want no part of that game, but who knows? By game, by game time, I might have a different decision. Because I, I definitely, I have, I have made bets already on Pittsburgh plus the points, San Francisco plus the points, and New England plus the points. I have not made a bet in the other three. But I think Arizona, the Rams, the one I have the least feel for. What about, and look, we only have six options here. The only natural Wong teaser leg is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down from eight and a half through the seven and the three to two and a half against Philly. I assume if you were doing a two-team teaser that you would feel comfortable with that leg, yes? Yep. I would, too. You said you didn't want to lay the eight and a half, though? No, I wouldn't be shocked if Philly's in that game. Yeah. Wouldn't be shocked if they're in it. I still expect Tampa to win by a field goal, though. 
If I said to you, okay, you get your Tampa Bay Stanford Wong, a.k.a. John Ferguson, if you get your Stanford Wong teaser leg on the Buccaneers and you can pair it with a non-conventional teaser leg, because let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, people do these things, what would be your teaser leg? Be Cincinnati. But then you might as well just look at a money line parlay and see what pays better. Always check the prices. Yeah. Uh, so Cincinnati, I, I don't see Cincinnati losing that game to the to the Raiders. Which, uh, by the way, Gil, uh, <laughs> quick thing from ESPN stats of information on that game, just a fun nugget, not really bet- bettable at all. Uh, the Bengals Raiders playoff game is the first playoff game in NFL history where both teams have been. <laughs> At least 20 years removed from their last playoff win. Wow. From their last playoff win. Yes. Not appearance. Uh, not win. appearance. Win. Bengals haven't won since basically pre-text messages. I think 91 on Cincy. Somebody had that tweet. Yeah. And then uh, 02 on the Raiders. 02 on the Raiders. That's why when I took that Raiders tour to Legion, right? It's like Raiders this, silver and black that. On the way out, under my mask, I'm like, You've been to one Super Bowl in 37 years. Pipe down, everybody. Excuse me. That was, by the way, Gil, 19 years, not 20. How dare 19 you? 19 years. How Sorry. dare you parlay? So that's the case with those two teams. Yeah, I mean, you could almost, like, if you think about it in your mind's eye about both of those franchises, you can almost remember the playoff games. There's so few of them, right? 2002, the one you cite from the Raiders, the year they got all the way to the Super Bowl with Rich Gannon as their quarterback and then proceeded to get pounded in the Super Bowl with John Gruden, the coach of the Buccaneers, after having been coach of the Raiders. So you wonder how much they knew about what was going on in that game. Signs-wise, there are all kind of rumors after that game. And then Cincinnati, like, I don't even remember. So the game, the, the most recent playoff appearance they have, like, I have no recollection of that. I just remember the Carson Palmer years. And then before that, you go all the way back, like, I'm sure I'm skipping some games because there's the Icky Woods years. And then, of course, at the beginning of the 80s, there was the Ice Bowl game against Dan Fouts and the Chargers. So, I mean, they've had their history. They got to two Super Bowls, lost both to the Niners four years apart, three years apart, pardon me. One in Detroit, first of the Niners Super Bowl victories in their dynasty. And then, of course, the uh, the Joe Montana to John Taylor game the, the Boomer Esiason-led Bengals as opposed to the Ken Anderson-led Bengals, where Joe Montana famously said in the huddle before that drive, hey, I think that's John Candy up there. What Bengals game, what was the most Bengals, most recent Bengals playoff game? I most think? recent Bengals playoff game was uh, was A.J. McCarron. Oh, my goodness. Starting for the Bengals. Yes. That was the game where Cincinnati looked like they were going to win, and Vontez Burfick had to be an idiot. Oh, yes. And nearly took Antonio Brown's head with him. May have totally taken his head with him. And Steelers won on a late field goal. Of course, Cincinnati kept making the playoffs with Marvin Lewis, lost to the Texans twice, lost to the Jets. They were they had plenty of playoff oh, appearances. Oh, that's they right. Just, they had the Texans every year. They yeah, lost the Texans, to the Texans every year. Years, lost both times yeah. in that Saturday mid-afternoon game. The Vontaze Burfitt game, though, this is also, by the way, we not, not, didn't mean to close the show with this. This is also why I won't make any fun of Antonio Brown. I have no idea how many hits that dude has taken. The Vontaze Burfitt one being the most obvious of them. You have no idea what's going on with that guy. By the way, he just released his latest single, apparently, I'm told, by one of the screens up here. I had no idea he had previous singles, Antonio Brown. <laughs> apparently, uh, he's, got a, he's got a record out. So, but you like the Bengals. And more importantly, they reseed come division round. If it's the Bengals against the Titans, 
we're going to assume the Titans would be favorites, but probably not by much. And you'll still like the Bengals? Let's see what that number is. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Jason Weingarten will join us. Michael Lombardi will join us. Uh, and so much more. Maybe we'll even talk some golf. Speaking of Lombardi, he's next in the Lombardi line at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds in the house today. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.